Stay tuned now for Pomo Perspective. Listen to the voices of the First Nations. Mm. Listen to the voices of the First Nations. Calling out the messages of the earth and sky. Telling us what we need to know in order to survive. Listen to the voices of the First Nations. Listen to the voices of the old women. Listen to the voices of the old women. Calling out the messages of the moon and sea. Telling us what we need to know in order to be free. Listen to the voices of the old women. Listen to the voices of the young children. Listen to the voices of the young children. Calling out the messages of the heart and soul. Telling us what we used to know before the lies were told. Listen to the voices of the young children. Listen to the voices of the young children. Listen to the voices of the old women. Listen to the voices of the First Nations. Listen to the voices of the living. Wow. That was Holly Near and Emma's Revolution with Listen to the Voices. I'm Alicia Bliukaya Studio, and I'm here with Priscilla Hunter, who's an elder and former chairwoman of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians, founder and director of the Sinkion Intertribal Wilderness Council, and Polly Gervin, human rights attorney and longtime environmental and indigenous rights activist. They're both founding members of PAEA, which is the Pacific Alliance for Indigenous and Environmental Action, and members of the SAGE Affinity Group, Social Environmental Indigenous Justice. We're going to be talking about Coyote Valley's opposition to logging plans proposed in ancestral northern Pomo and coast Yuki territory that's now called Jackson Demonstration State Forest. Cal Fire has half a dozen proposed plans to log in the redwoods there, and at least one is approved and ready to start operations. Last week, tree sitters climbed up two of the largest trees in the cut area, and the Mendocino Trail stewards have been organizing to bring attention to the plants for months. And Coyote Valley has recently requested government-to-government consultation with the state of California to discuss the logging. So Priscilla, welcome. Polly, welcome. I'm going to just turn it over to you. Thank you. Uh, it's such a beautiful song. You know, I, I hear more. Every time I listen to it, I, I hear more what what the words are. Um, well, I'm honored to um, 
be here and and first of all I want to thank our ancestors you know be thankful for our ancestors and all the struggles and um, removal and um, you know you know chased all over this county and wherever Indians lived to um, protect their your, their families. Uh, Mendocino was a real tough um, struggle for our ancestors and I'm really thankful for them to be able to survive you know, because they knew how to take care of this this land and lived on what was here and didn't go out and cut every tree down they can see to make some money. Uh, I'm really totally... You know what I'm I was saying that I mean like be honest how I feel. Maybe not totally honest, but um you know, going up to the um uh, state force, you know, I couldn't believe what I saw or people were telling me that they were cutting there and I was like not, that must not be it, because it's state forest, right? So I always thought it was all protected. And here, it's all just demonstration of force to cut trees down. You know, and I was like, what? And so then I went up and seen the total destruction of the trees and the scattered trees that were left over and um and learning about how many cultural sites they were destroying and it's like it's like you know our, our ancestors and people ran up probably to get away from being killed raped kids taken away from them slaughtered really slaughtered you know slaughtered and then they ran up in the mountains and maybe the thing is they went over to the ocean too traveled there, lived there. They lived there and sometimes fear upon fear thinking they were gonna be thinking they were gonna be you know, raided or attacked at any moment. You know, and upon a beautiful place 
I'm telling you. But then you think it's all okay, right? I mean, not okay, but you think how our ancestors lived there and, you know, it's, it's, it's the way where people look at churches, right? When that big church burned down and wherever that was, everyone was all sad and, oh, look, there's burning. Oh, no, oh, no. And I'm like, that's how we feel. Oh, no, oh, no. They're destroying our villages, disturbing our ancestors. You know, you think that's not going to happen, continue, but yet it continues. They're, they're, you know, attacking our ancestors. They're attacking our ancestors. And, and you could feel when I went up there, I could feel the spirits of the cry of our ancestors. I'm telling you, you could feel, feel that like, I felt that in Willits Bypass, deeply, the cry of our ancestors. And it's very disturbing, very disturbing. And they put the village sites as a small place, you know, like 100 feet. We only went 100 feet or whatever. We went all over those places. Our ancestors traveled all over. And they're like, well, we can only go this far. That's how far the site went. I'm like, heck no. That whole place is a village site, a cultural site. The whole place. But yet they go in and plow through it. And when they put the roads in, you know, there's no, I mean, just, just plow through, put the road in, kill all the animals, kill all the trees, all the fish, water. Who cares? I want that wood. I want that tree. But it, you know, it says state forest. That means it's a, the people's, the people's forest. Doesn't just mean the logger forest are cutting. You know, it's time to make the changes that whatever the, you know, the governor's saying, you know, gonna make the changes. to better and keep our forces to help us. So it's, it's really uh, difficult at times to struggle because we're doing it, you know, our tribe may have a casino and people think we're gonna have money. I mean, we have money, but we're having to take care of our, our tribe to our members so we have to like myself and 
Polly are like volunteers, but not like. We're volunteering, you know, to do this with great honor. We're doing this, you know, and I'm very grateful. But we're requesting, we have request, not requests, I hate that word, request. Not to hate it, but I mean, would we say, I don't know about demand either, but um, uh, I don't know how to word it, but we want to preserve, put it in a reserve and, may, and have a moratorium at this time with no cutting until we have a time to do our studies or research to prove to the governor we have to call in the governor you know we can't go to Caltrans you know I mean not Caltrans <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Anyway, can't go to uh, Cal Fire. I think there's a little conflict there, I would say. You know, um, we want to do it gracefully and carefully because we're working for, you know, the protection of our ancestors and I believe it's a sacred place. And so we have to do it spiritually and um, good, in a good way, you know. But a lot of times it makes you very angry, you know, very angry. As an Indian person, I get very angry at times. I'm not saying I don't because the history is repeating itself with the Indians still, you know, and until we can, not maybe until, but we need the return of our, all of our artifacts, cult, cultural things back and return all of our um, burial site and even the I hate to say it right, the remains or that are in the museums. And until that's all complete and done with, this world will not be good. That's what I believe. And that's what the disturbance is happening too, I believe, that is the spirit is unrest, and we have a hard struggle with the whole world because this one cousin of mine in Tennessee told me that she, they had this dream catcher, and this one guy had an Indian scalp in the middle of it. Yes. I was like, what? I mean, things like that, you know, all over. 
and you're doing the marijuana thing. You're doing the grapes, all this stuff. They come up with artifacts, and guess what? They own them. We can't have, I mean, they don't give us, give it back to us. They, they own them on these private lands. But right now, this is state land, Mr. <laughs> Mrs. Everyone, you know. This is different. We have the state Native American Heritage Commission. You know, we're being in contact with them because they have, um, you know, rights and authority on the state lands. That's what was the problem before. On private lands, the Heritage Commission couldn't go in. I was just really, you know, that was very upsetting to me because it was private land. You can do whatever you want, you know. But with the Heritage Commission, I would like to see become strong here in the protection and what our tribe requests and want want to have done, you know. But you know what? There could be a conflict there too, see? Because when we were going after the Sinkion land, intertribal, I was trying to get a resolution from the state to support us, right? And I had a heck of a time getting it on the agenda because we had to advertise the agenda ahead. And this one guy that was working there didn't want to do it. And then finally, I got the resolution. But finally, I understood why it was so hard because it was against the state. See, so it was a little conflict there. So we have to watch that very carefully. All that and and they they have it well I don't know is it almost time there or what I mean I don't want to tell too much right but you know um, but we want the we want to reserve. Preserve, right? Preserve. Preserve. The whole... I don't know how many acres is that. Over 40,000. Over 40,000. And have moratorium on this until we can work this all out. That's our... One of our main objectives. You know, that's... And it's a top priority um, so there you have it alright that was Priscilla Hunter she's the former chairwoman of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians and currently the director of the Sinkion Intertribal Wilderness Council thank you chair Chair. and now Polly Gervin is here to talk more about the government to government consultation in Jackson State um, I'd like to first uh, say that it's my great honor to work with the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians, a tribe that since I've known them has historically take, taken the courage to stand for their sovereignty 
to the full extent possible. Um, I also, so what we're involved in here and why we have a special avenue of being able to compel the state to listen to our concerns is that there is there are executive orders both at the federal and state level that acknowledge the sovereignty of tribes, acknowledge that tribes are nations within a nation, going all the way back to the Worcester versus Georgia seminal case in the Supreme Court that determined that Indian nations are distinct political communities. They're not just citizen minority status citizens, but indeed nations. So we had to throughout I don't know, 30 years ago we were advocating for the government to government consultation process between state and federal governments and tribes it, we re, we encountered ronald reagan's resistance he wanted to put all funding to tribes through state block grants uh, we resisted at the national level and said no under the constitution uh, treaties and executive orders we have a status higher than states and must be dealt with accordingly. So, and it's taken, it often takes a while for policy arguments to be implemented, but Coyote Valley is currently at the table in five government to government consultations to protect the environment, to protect their cultural resources and their artifacts. It is an, it is, uh, at the state level, more and more tribes are beginning to utilize this mechanism. So we are happy to be amongst that group because remember the dishonor of the state of California and how they negotiate and the federal government and how they negotiated with Indians historically uh, there were good faith treaty negotiations in both Hopland and in um, Lake County Scotts Valley the Indians were in those good faith negotiations were promised all of the acreage around Clear Lake um, for the extinction of their aboriginal title up here. But of course, those treaties were never honored. The state of California in the gold rush years, thinking gold was everywhere, made, uh, objected to them, and they were hidden under seal for 50 years. So this is the history, a long legacy of dishonor at the state level that this executive order that we're now currently operating under was a part of trying to rectify uh, the past terrible dealings between the state and tribes. So this is what the mechanism we're using. We are not negotiating with Cal Fire. We are, we are not consulting with Mike Powers, forest manager. We are discussing with the top brass of every agency that's directed towards protecting our cultural resources, which includes Cal Fire, which includes the State Office of Historic Preservation, which includes the Department of Fish and Wildlife. This is a consultation between an Indian nation, Coyote Valley, and the state of California. We in these proceedings will be looking at a host of issues. As Priscilla said, our top and priority one is to protect the trees. And we are, as members of Paella, we uh, kept the word action in the description of our, our organization 
because we do support and respect nonviolent direct action where necessary to protect Mother Earth. So we are very happy that tree sitters went up. And to quote Priscilla's great-granddaughter, my beloved Courtney, when she was asked to explain by her cousin, well, what is a tree sitter? She goes, they're babysitters for the trees. So we um, hope to have our great-grandchildren with us at the rally that's being called next Sunday, for next Sunday, at um, the... Uh, town hall in Fort Bragg, and um, we hope to train our children and our tribe that we do listen to the ancestors cry. We never turn away, and that we hope to heal in what we're doing. It's a big undertaking, but in all sincerity, we are trying to create a historical rebalancing, because at the same time Priscilla's ancestors were being slaughtered up here, so too were the old redwoods being ravaged. We have so few old redwoods left in this, in this region, maybe like 3%, just like 80% of the local Indians were eradicated by disease and state, state sanctioned genocide. So I call these local tribes the remnant survivors of a state sanctioned genocide, just like the ancient trees, the few left are the remnant survivors of the brutality of the logging industry up here. And we will be looking at clearly the history of this park. We'll be looking at their alleged studies. They keep on saying they're studying forestry by cutting down these trees. They were alleging that clear cuts were scientific research. Well, we just have a different worldview. And I hope that the state will listen to us and will know that we're, we're doing this in a sincere fashion and that Priscilla feels compelled to do this, to balance, to heal for the ancestors, for the forest, and for the future generation of Indian children. It's a sacred place out there, and there actually are sacred, sacred sites. And um, we will demand they have been trashed by road building slash debris going off the side of roads. We will be emphasizing restoration um, and conservation um, in this state park and meeting the 30 times 30 standard that the governor has um, articulated for carbon sequestration purposes. These old trees are great, are greatly necessary in the climate um, change uh, uh, resistant struggle that we're going to be facing. So we're there for the environment, we're there for our ancestors, and we're there for the children. And we want to thank the environmental movement, particularly EPIC, the Environmental Protection and Information Center, Matt Simmons and Tom Wheeler, who have been very helpful and collaborative with the tribe. They are our regional experts on the Forest Practice Act, and we go back a long way with them, all the way to the EPIC versus Johnson decision, where the Indian Treaty Council, of which Priscilla was on the board, and Sharon Dugan um, litigated that you can only 
view, you can't just go timber harvest plan by timber harvest plan. You have to invo involve the whole watershed in your analysis. It's called a cumulative impact analysis. It was a completely important case, and I'm proud to say that Priscilla was involved in that one, too. So we have a long history of collaborating with the environmental movement, and um, we are continuing with great respect for the tree sitters, for the environmental lawyers, for the Trail Stewards Association. We hope to keep a strong united front, um, and that is we are joining all of the forest defenders of Mendocino County. It's a long history. I want to say, hey, Albion Nation. Hey, right on. Here's Alicia Littletree Bales and Polly Gervin, both who climbed those trees uh, in the Albion River watershed and said no compromise in defense of Mother Earth. So we proudly have lived our lives under that slogan and motivation. And it's just lovely. Circles of life, you know, how, how we all reconnect. And so thank you, Alicia for publicizing our concerns, and thank you for still being a lover of the ancient redwoods. We're honored to be on your show. Well, thank you, and thanks, too, to Michael Hunter, who produces the show, and this is his his hour to, oh, sorry, to make Michael. sure that I just, I just operate the dials, but it is awesome to 30 years later to see a, my tree-sitting sister here in the <laughs> studio. Um, can you talk about the cultural sites out there and, and what uh, what is known about the traditional uses of Jackson State and the, the relationship that Pomo people and other northern tribes had with had and have with the place? Well, we can definitely say that there's ancient trails of of um, that were used for Priscilla's by Priscilla's ancestors for thousands upon thousands of years, and uh, the ridge runners uh, ran those ridges. Um, uh, so, and there is there are sites. Um, in 1999, they had to inventory the sites. They came up with 22. I'm sure there's been more discovered by bulldozers since then. Um, and we like to have it as a district or whatever. Yeah, so we're looking at designate they have failed to do the they have failed to do the work they were required to do under state law. They were made to do an inventory of our sites, but then they were supposed to take proactive measures to protect them, which includes having them listed on the National Register of Historic Places and the California Register of Heritage Places, which gives them an enhanced protection level. None of the, even their very study that com they commissioned to say, what should we do now? They never did the follow-up work. They, so, so there's a lot of work we have to do under federal and state law to to get them more further protected. I would say basically the treatment of the ancestral sites has been destruction. Um, they accept, they in their own commission study admit that most of them have been seriously impacted by road building and um, debris being shoved over onto them. And in that commission study, it's called the BETS study, 1999, the state commissioned, uh, the, they recommended, the researchers, the people who did the field surveys, recommended that um, a road study be made 
particularly in reference to the protection of, say, of the ancestral sites. They had to come up with modifications in road building, laying some roads to rest to uh, protect the sites. I don't think, although we're consent, we will find out in government to government consultation. My, my idea is they did nothing. So basically they inventoried and did, and that's all that I can see was done by the state with no follow through. So we feel that to mitigate and to, and, and to heal this, they better come forward with some really helpful solutions on protecting our sites. Um, because they were, they have been derelict in their duties and their duties do include the protection of Native American cultural resources. And maybe they're not as obvious as a building, you know, in DC that they're arguing for. This is an entire landscape of, of sites. And under the His National Historic Pre Preservation Act and also under state law, archaeological sites can be deemed districts entire district, not just site, one site by one site. We're going to argue Jackson State Demonstration Forest is an archaeological district and that as mitigation for the ravaging of the forest and of the sites, I think ongoing years of destruction of sites under bulldozers, they must heed our, our concerns. Can you describe the types of sites that are out there? You said there were 22 registered. 22, yes, but they, they're not registered, inventory. Inventoried. It seems like there must be many more than that. We think so. And um, we do know that um, we don't really trust the database because our sites are determined by registered professional foresters of the timber companies that is going to cut down the land. So their constant, their incentive is to diminish or to make as small as possible the uh, sites. So as Priscilla said, up at Richardson Grove, they wanted to say a village site was just 150 yards. Come on now. And under the what they think is they're planning to protect our sites they say well we won't cut we'll only cut up to 150 feet uh, away from those sites but i mean 100 beg your pardon 100 feet they think that's adequate protection when already the sites were probably uh determined to be the most minimal amount of land by the registered pr professional foresters who are deemed the people worthy of protecting our sites so this is a conflict we have the we have once again it was just like up at caltrans i mean we have once again people who are non-native non-tribal determining uh, the cultural history and village areas the parameters it's very important and um we i don't think any village site was only 150 yards and i don't think just 100 feet from not cutting over a known site is a sufficient buffer zone. So we'll see how much more protection we can give to these sites. But the laws are written by the archaeologist. The laws were not, we were not at the table. We were just struggling, the tribes here were struggling to restore themselves after illegal termination. When all these laws, pro-timber industry, pro-archaeologist, were being crafted. This may be, you know, one of the few times, at least locally, where we're at the table saying, we're here, we want some policy changes, we want some amendments to the Forest Practice Act. We intend to get them. 
we intend to get them. This is Pomo Perspective, and in the studio is Polly Gervin, who's uh, an environmental, longtime environmental activist and indigenous rights attorney, and Priscilla Hunter, who is the former chairwoman of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians and the current chairperson of the Sinkion Intertribal Wilderness Council. Um, there, some of the sites in there. Uh, may have been places where Native people escaped to yes. during the worst days of the genocide. Yes. Um, and you talked about the, the ridge runners and the trails. Um, what can you tell us about the, the indigenous lives in, in that forest, how they interacted with the place? And uh, We're talking about Jackson State Demonstration Forest, and uh, the Coyote Valley has requested government-to-government -government consultation with the state of California uh, in opposition of the planned logging by the California Department of Forestry or CAL FIRE there, including one approved timber harvest plan that is currently slated to begin any day now. Um, so I'll turn it back over to you. So, um, I believe that um, they lived in harmony with the land and the animals um, and all the trees. We're not talking about just the redwood tree here. We have the acorn, acorns, the pepperwood. The pepperwood um, was a food too. So to pepper with nuts and also used as a um, um, a healing um, for about the leaves to cleanse you off and um, help you with um, just a different um, allergies and different things that, that turned up but the thing wasn't to come in and cut the trees down, you know, um, to live in harmony and have their ceremonies and enjoy their families. You can imagine, you know, when I was up there, I got out at this one place that said it could have been a trail. And, um, and I got out. I was like, before I was like barely getting out of the car, but I just felt this spurt of, of energy and feeling to just get out. And I got out and stood on the on the uh, trail there or road, and I just felt like running. You know, I had a real a real strength. I was like, whoa. You know, nobody else. They were all like sitting in their cars, you know. And I was like, do you guys feel that? You know? So all of its, all of our spirits, spiritual, and could you, I look forward into being able to go up there and have a ceremony, you know, you know, sing and dance and play with our people, 
with our kids, children, with our younger teenager ones. To have them feel the spirit of their ancestors. Really feel it. And it bring a healing to them. For our people. That's what I feel. And I'm like, waiting to be able to do that. And in a safe way, right? I don't want to be beaten up or anything, so... And um, I understand, you know, there's jobs and all that, all that, not that stuff, but there's jobs and, and loggers are very upset. So I have to really pray that whenever we're, that when we're doing this, that we're all protected, you know, not, I, I asked one of my granddaughters to bring the family out to the um, to the rally, right? And she looked at me like, well, am, I, am I going to get shot? I'm like, whoa. You know, and so I have to explain to her that it's, it's a rally. It's not actually going in there and trying to, you know, You know, it's a little different, the rally, and it's a protest, but it's a rally. And that's how she looked at it. I was like, I said, well, you can stay in the truck. You know, but th that was like out of the mouth of my granddaughter. So I'm like, well, that's, uh, that. I mean, things can get hectic, but. I would hope that we do it all in a peaceful way. You know, we all have our different opinions, and um, it's, it's not worth dying to, dying for and getting hurt, and none of that stuff is is worth it. You know, but that we we try to come together and work all this out in a peaceful way. And in a spiritual way. Oh. Oh. You've done government to government consultations on a number of different issues in the county, and three of them that I know of are the Willits bypass with Caltrans and the state of California, and found multiple cultural sites in the Willits Little Lake Valley uh, that then they had to protect that there was a lot of changes to the Willits bypass around the knowledge of those cultural sites and then also with navy offshore testing um, you've talked with the navy and also some work around the depletion or the the death of the kelp forests out on our coasts yeah. on these um with the navy um i was on i'm the representative to um other tribes and it wasn't um, our our council, the intertribal, but it was the separate tribes signed a resolution designating the representatives that were going to be the consulting people. So it was the tribes that did it. Um, 
so we did that with the Navy. That was some. <laughs> the actual captain or the um, commodore actually came down. From, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> and um, and then with the um, what is it, fish and wildlife? That was with the kelp beds. Yeah, and um, we also did the same thing with the with the ten tribes or nine ten. Um, to go to the um, Fish and Wildlife to request, um, we'd like to have a more moratorium on the commercial harvesting of our abalone. Why not the abalone? Well, that too, but um, mainly the seaweed and the kelp. You know, to do a moratorium on it until. We can, because they're changing the regulations regarding the commercial harvesting. And they, I mean, they take a lot, I'm so sure. And they can't even regulate it, mind you. They only have one person that's up and down the coast or whatever. So, and then what, the next thing we're doing, the tribe is doing, is regarding the um, Lake Mendocino, the Corps of Engineers. So, on uh, regarding the the studies they did and what all they they've done you know against the tribe and all that um it's just not all that but so we're going to be the coyote valley is going to be consulting with them but it's pretty interesting doing we we tried to um Put up. Um, I, we developed this consultation agreement that they saw that different the state signs off and we sign off. So it's an agreement that we have, and we've had to. We worked on that couple of them, so we know um, each time we do it, we we get better and better. So. So here we are. Hoorah. And the state of California has signed off on the protocol and procedures as well as the tribe. Um, it's really amazing to be able to execute a formative document within a couple of weeks, but we are thankful for the receptivity by uh, Helga Eng uh, and his assistance in pushing us through the bureaucracy to get the of the formative documents governing our consultation process approved and he's agreed to the scope of work which is a broad scope of work we're putting on the table so so far we at least procedurally are proceeding in good faith and in a good way with the state what do you think the government to government consultation meeting when is it going to happen, and, and what do you think it'll, it'll be like? It's this Thursday. Oh, that's soon. Um, it'll be a Zoom meeting. Um, we are sharing documents in advance of that. Um, we've had, we're on our third request for production of documents to assist us in our research, and we will be um, proceeding this Thursday, but I can assure you we're going to be at the table strongly and for a while to come. 
I wanted to uh, make sure that um, Vicki Patterson oh, yes. is on our um, representative, um, Tristan Hunter, my granddaughter, um, okay. Michael Hunter, the chairperson, is going to be, is the representative, Polly Gervin, and um, Kim, right? Kim Bancroft. Bancroft, she's the um, daughter of... She's a daughter of the early California historian for whom the uh, Bancroft Library at UC Berkeley is named after, and that's where all the early California Native Indian archival information is stored. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, for, and, I forgot, Richard, um, uh, Richard um, Campbell. The tribal historian. This is our team. And you know who's going to be there from the state? Uh, quite a few. I'm sorry I didn't bring the list, but the top dog ab above Cal of Cal Fire, his name is Kevin yeah, Conway. Uh, it is. Ca it is. Oh, it is. It, it's. Th it, but he's resource management. But he's the top oh, okay. top man over. So we have re Kevin Conway, his assistant director of California Resource Management. They're the big bosses of Cal Fire, of Mike Powers, who will also be at the table. The unit one uh, chief of Cal Fire will be at the table. Um, and the regional archaeologist uh, for, for, for Cal Fire. So we decided to go above the heads of just Cal Fire, uh, local and the and the forest manager because we could see they're fairly entrenched in supporting the timber industry we'd like a more open dialogue so we felt it essential because it's with the state government to government consultation it's not with just a sub agency so that's why it is it, it is necessary and essential to go above their heads and um, we just have a, a couple of minutes left do you want to talk about Outcomes and I don't. You, I know you don't like the word demands, but what? what <laughs> yeah, like I know. But what? What is it that? Uh, I didn't say I didn't like demand. But oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> they don't like maybe it. mandate. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. What you want them to do? Put a um, a moratorium. One year, I guess. Maybe it could be a couple. But, and also preserve, preserve right, mm -hmm. the whole forest. Mm -hmm. That's all. <laughs> simple. <laughs> That's all simple. Just that. We Just can that. get this all done, you know, right away. If shouldn't have to go through all this other stuff. Just okay, you know. Why not? Just enough. Is enough. Yeah, cut down just, enough trees. Th and they've been logging since 1949 in there, so probably they have <laughs> cut down enough you know. trees. <laughs> oh, do an aerial overview. It's ravage. Is it? And what we saw, what Michael Hunter saw, and his mother saw, and our grandchildren saw, was just slash piles of leftover debris with a few trees sticking up, sticking up here, sticking up there, just little thin ones. Ugliest thing. If they call that, half of their mandate is supposed to be restoration. It's not just supposed to be cutting and doing scientific studies on clear cuts. It's supposed to be preservation. And we want them to live up to that part of their obligation under the Forest Practice Act. 
And then there's the climate concerns you, you of course, are, are talking Chairman about. Chairman Hunter did set that forth in his request for government-to-government consultation, a, a concern for the critters and a, and, a, and a concern for climate change. It sounds like the governor has some very ambitious climate goals that will be impossible to meet if the logging continues, the trees being the the carbon sinks, the carbon sequestration, they absorb carbon out of the air, and yet they're continuing to pull out the largest trees or kill the largest trees. Is that something that the state is dealing with at all? Not to our knowledge, but we're pursuing ongoing investigation. Well, you know how they're dealing with it, so let's stop that dealing, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're dealing with it by... The answer always seems Cutting to Cutting the trees. Cut more trees. It's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty consistent there. All right. Well, just in the last minute or two left, any final thoughts you want to leave listeners with? This is uh, Polly Gervin and Priscilla Hunter here on Pomo Perspective. Thank you so much for being here. Listen to the voices of the Indian nations. Listen to the voices of the old women. Listen to the voices of the future generation of Indian children. Really, um, wow! That's a, that's such a good song. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, uh, the the um, tree setters or the baby setters, baby baby setters, uh, like you to visit them, you know, um, and. Uh, also need some some help and some supplies they they need right so um you can call um alicia i guess right to to ask her what is needed and how to funnel it through they have an email the tree searchers have an email it's called it's mama.tree. Mm, something I don't have it in front of me, uh, but I'll get that for yeah. for people. Um, and we're gonna go out with that song. Cool. We'll, we'll just listen to that song again. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all the work that you're doing and for coming to KZYX to tell us about it. Really Our appreciate pleasure. it. This has been Pomo Perspective. I'm Alicia Bales, and we're gonna go out with Holly Near and listen to the voices. Thanks for listening. Listen to the voices of the First Nations mm. Listen to the voices of the First Nations Calling out the messages of the earth and sky Telling us what we need to know in order to survive Listen to the voices of the First Nations Listen to the voices of the old women. Mm. Listen to the voices of the old women. Calling this has been a production of KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.